Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the last episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast for 2016. I'm Donner. Wow, that was a mouthful. It, it was. And I, I knew that if I didn't get it all out, I was going to panic a lot of people. And you almost did panic yourself, it sounded like. And you are Zook. I'm Zoner, you're Zook. Yes, we are us. We we are we. I is just this our last? Yeah, this is our last. This this is a last one. By the time people hear this, Christmas will have come and gone. We will be looking into the oncoming headlights of 2017 and praying that it doesn't mow us down as 2016 did for many people you know how jib jab used to do like those year in reviews those really kind of funny videos for everything in 20 whatever a lot usually a lot of stuff that we forgot yeah i imagine that there's for this year must be pretty dark Mm, probably it's it I don't know what it is about this year. It's it's been kind of rough. It's been kind of rough. Yep. Hey, um, shout out to our friends over at TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, OpenBookAudio, Stitcher.com, WP Cycle Web Hosting, Geek Factor Radio, Radio KSCR, and um, Baby Bell Cheese. Ooh. Which I just downed a couple wheels of. You know they have a Gouda flavor now? Do they have Gouda? They have Gouda. Gouda is good. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit more mild than their current one, but it's it's pretty good. You know, I, I like stinky cheese, like strong cheeses. I enjoy them. A lot of people don't, but I really do. Stinky or pungent? Because there's a difference. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I have no sense of smell anyways, so... All this I is know true. is, all I know is, it's flavorful. It's the only flavor you can actually register. Yes, I register pungent. So, um, because it is our last episode of the year, and also because not a lot of headlines have come up this week, it's been kind of quiet, which is to be expected. I mean, we go through this every year. Yeah. So this will also be our 2016 in review show. And what's really funny is not a ton happened in the tech sector either. You know, I was thinking about that earlier today. It seems like we have a handful of stories that we talked about ad nauseum. And I was thinking to myself, we got to talk about them some more. (laughs) So apologies in advance to all of our faithful listeners. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Um, so let's start off with our headlines. And the first one is kind of a Google crying wolf, I think. They are announcing that they will probably be launching some new Android Wear watches, uh, specifically two flagship watches, and they will be the first ones to work with Wear 2.0. Now, I'm all for new watches. Uh, I know Schmidty was looking at buying one. I was kind of toying with the idea. But if Wear 2.0 is about to come out, and they're about to come out with new flagships, why would I buy them? But here's the problem. Even in this article, and this article's from The Verge, and they talk about the two new flagship watches that should be coming out. They don't actually say that Wear 2.0 is coming out. They just say that these two will be the first ones to launch with the new platform. 
You know, we've heard this before, though. And well, yeah. I, I mean, it's... I don't know. I, I really kind of think that Google is hurting themselves and hurting the entire smart mar- smartwatch industry when they say stuff like this. Because, like you said, why buy what's currently out there if something better is being promised in a couple of months? Right. Let's just wait and see. And I think that that keeps happening. And people keep putting putting smartwatch purchases on the back burner because of the next great thing. I know Schmitty has admitted doing just that. Yeah. And, well, and, and the thing is, too, is that... Google says, well, we're going to be releasing another developer preview for Wear 2.0 sometime in January, and it'll be the last one. Okay. Optimistic Zook says, well, that should mean that Wear 2.0 comes out actually in, in February, right? Or March? That'd be great. Logic would dictate. But they're under no obligation. They could say, oh, we found something in the fifth developer preview. There's something massively wrong. We'll release it October of 2017. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that it's really hurting the the market. They need to I think they need to foster what's out there. They need to nurture what's out there while still working on stuff. Everybody knows. I mean, you look at like a like the smartphone market. Everybody knows that every year Samsung's going to come out with a new phone. Every year, Apple's going to come out with new phones, uh, new flagships specifically. And, you know, people just, they kind of expect it. I think we need that in the, need to get that mentality in the smartwatch market as well. But I don't think we're quite there yet. And I think that the fact that a watch doesn't necessarily have to be replaced like a smartphone would at least in a lot of people's minds yet, that when they say, oh, well, the next big thing is just around the corner, well, why spend my money now? I, I think they're screwing everyone over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's worse is the fact that, like you said, we all expect an upgrade. We all expect new things. But we expect new, better, bigger things, better reasons to upgrade. And it's like, ooh, the new Zen Watch 3 came out. Well, what does it have that the Zen Watch 2 doesn't have? Well, it has a 3. Is it running a new version of Android Wear? Nope. Does it have newer specs? Kind of. Does it have more features? Nope. Yeah, so what's the point? Yeah, I, I mean, we've talked about these new watches that keep getting released. There's no point to them. It's the same watch. So why buy it? And I think that right there perfectly illustrates the state of the smartwatch market. Which is funny because I swear we were in this exact same conversation maybe a couple of years ago with smartphones. Yeah. And until the, I don't want to say quantum leap because that feels like I'm giving it too much credit, but the definite leap in capabilities that phones got this year. Because 2016 kind of had a renaissance of flagship phones again. The S7, the the Galaxy S7, didn't just improve on the S6. It had a ton of new features that really endeared it. And the same is with the the iPhone 7. You know, it's like, oh, hey, look, 
all phones are kind of doing the same thing now, and they're all spectacular. Whereas yes. for a couple of years before that, it was, oh, look, it's it's doing that thing again. Yeah. I mean, I remember, and yeah, I'm going to bash on Apple. A few years ago when Samsung came out with their ad, and they were joking about, I think it was for the one of the Note phones or possibly the Galaxy 5, S5, and they were joking about how Apple had moved the headphone jack from the top to the bottom. And the Apple fanboys were freaking out over this because revolutionary and innovative. And then this year, Apple dropped the headphone jack. And people are saying, what are you doing? But that's allegedly the way that we're going. That's revolutionary and innovative now. Yeah. And that's what Samsung's going to be doing. And Samsung's going to do the same thing. Yep. I, I guess Samsung just figured they didn't have enough courage. I don't know. You've got to be pretty ballsy to use a Note 7. That's a lot of guts right there. And to manufacture them? Well, okay, so let's let's jump ahead. <laughs> this was going to be the last uh, headline in here, but let's jump ahead. So the Note 7s in the U.S., uh, and I'm guessing this is just from the new U.S., actually. Um, Samsung says that they got... A high percentage of them all returned. Everything's great. There's really only a few less. Yeah, uh, they say that uh, returns have exceeded 90%. Okay, well, I remember my basic math. That means that only 10% of the units sold should still be out on the market. Now, take yes. this with a grain of salt, uh, because this is coming from a uh, an, a developer who uses certain tracking models and tra trapping, ugh, I can't speak again, tracking APIs and analytics, it turns out that according to it, there's still a lot of Note 7s out there. So many more, there's more than everyone using the LG V20. In fact, it's not just like some more, it's like double. That is amazing to me. The V20 has gotten a lot of hype. And then it came out, and you haven't really heard anything about it. Well, I I saw Schmitty's V20 when we were at Rogue One, and uh, it's a nice phone. It's a really, really nice phone. It does everything right. There's nothing wrong with it at all. I think Samsung's biggest gun that it brought to this party was the marketing. The buy one, get one, or the we'll give you two free along with a Samsung gift card, along with a year of Netflix, just take our phone. Uh -huh. That's why I have one. That's why my wife has one. And it helps that it's such an awesome phone. But it also helps that I didn't have to pay for mine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I think people will take a high-end flagship phone that they don't have to pay for. I think a lot of people will take that. I think so. Free is free, man. You got to... The way things are, you got to go free. If you can get free, you got to do free. Unless you can get Batman. Then you go Batman. Yeah, always go Batman. Right. Once um, you go Batman, you never go back. Man. Okay, so we talked about the Apple Watch last week, and Tim Cook just feeding us an absolute line of BS. Maybe I was a little bit too blunt there. Was I too blunt? No, that's pretty much what it is. He he was shoveling the crap. Yeah, well, 
it turns out, and, and again, this kind of falls back into the thing that we hate, which is, you know, market analysts going on about, we expect X amount of units to be sold this holiday season. And when people come in under that, everyone flips out. Well, it turns out that Apple Watches and Fitbit bands aren't being sold as much as was expected this year. Now, that surprises me and doesn't surprise me at the same time. It doesn't surprise me that the Apple Watch isn't selling as highly as expected. Um, And that's not a bash on Apple. It's simple marketing stuff, okay? Um, The second version of the watch was released far enough ago that anyone who wanted one probably already got one. Not to mention the most recent bit of news it's had was bad news when it got bricked. Yeah. Right. Uh, to my knowledge, Apple's not running any special holiday promotions. It just wasn't positioned well for this Christmas. So it doesn't surprise me that people aren't buying it for loved ones for this holiday season. Fitbit, on the other hand, has been running mad promotions. They've been bringing out new models. They have new features. They are fresh. They are new. So, and as we also pointed out last week, Fitbit also owns what? Like, 50% of the market? I don't know. It's an insane share, though. They they are the dominant wearable manufacturer out there. So the fact that it's both of them is kind of surprising to me. Well, see, I think a lot of people are like me. And I got a Fitbit a few years ago, and I upgraded when the when the new models came out earlier this year. It's been probably three or four months now. And I think a lot of people probably in the same boat as I was. You know, it's like, well, my other Fitbit's worn out. It's not under warranty anymore. Let's just do the upgrade now. And so I don't know that there's that huge need. Plus, in the winter, I don't... It's not prime fitness time, you know? Mm -hmm. People aren't going out running marathons in the winter. They're not out doing uh, big, long bike rides in the winter. And so I kind of get that. Whereas with the Apple Watch, I mean, that should be an everyday, use it constantly type of device. So that one, yeah, it sucks. But I'm not really surprised that sales aren't as high right now for Fitbits. I would expect them to pick up, you know, maybe after the beginning of the year. Right, when everyone's forgetting about their resolutions? Nah. Or when everybody's trying to not be fat. Same thing. Yeah. Um, do we want to go to Nintendo next? Yeah, might as well. Since we're weird. talking about Apple. I mean, yeah, it feels weird not having more headlines, but it is what it is. So, uh, Mario Run launched on iPhone. Oh, geez, a little while ago, right? It, it was was it last week or the week before? All I know is that everyone who I knew that owned an iPhone went nuts for it, and it kind of helps cement that the fact that mobile gaming is just where it's at now. The ability to just pick up a device and start gaming, and it doesn't matter that it's not the best graphics or it's not the most incredible gameplay. It's not a AAA game title per se, but it's still enjoyable and it hits a broader audience. Um, was just cemented by that fact. And if you if you don't 
believe me on that one, just think about Pokemon Go or Candy Crush or Angry Birds, right? Well, we now have the data to back this up. Worldwide in 2016, video games generated $91 billion. That is a major entertainment What's area, really crazy yeah. is the fact that forty-one billion of that was mobile games, which is up eighteen percent from last year. Yeah, um, and then if you ever wonder about those free-to-play uh, MMOs, those online ones that are, I think are really only played in South Korea, that's nineteen billion of the market, leaving twenty-six billion for retail games, by which I believe they're lumping console, PC, that kind of stuff all together. Yeah. And the Steam winter sales going on right now, so that number is going to jump dramatically. Yeah, but at the same time, it's I, I play Forza Horizon Three, right? And I have it on my PC and on my Xbox One because it's an Xbox Anywhere title. Which, if you need information on, look it up because it's amazing. There's only two games out right now that does it, but it's great being able to switch between your PC and your console. And Xbox Live works across both, and you can. Your saves transfer between both. They're great. But as much as I like it, it's kind of a pain sometimes that I have to come to my console or come to my computer, load up the game, and invest time into it versus, oh, this poop is taking longer than expected. Yeah, break up <laughs> DC Legends. I like DC Legends. And I oh, do yeah. that when I poop as well. Yeah. You know, I, I'm working on getting a, a level five character, you know, a, a five star character. Freaking Sinestro, you know, taking forever. But there's, it's just easier. It's easier to get into it. Yeah. And, and I think that accessibility is really where it's going to come in. I don't think retail games are ever going to be able to become number one again. I don't think so either. And, you know, it's interesting because you look at how many people say they're not gamers, yet how much money do they spend on Candy Crush or uh, Heyday or, I mean, Clash of Clans, whatever. You know, there are so many that are spending money. You know, I, I found this interesting, and I know this doesn't count the, well, or maybe it does, but the $19 billion for free-to-play online games, I, I assume that that's things like um, Star Wars Old Republic and, and games like that. EVE Online now. EVE Online. But I'm curious how much those free-to-play games on the mobile market are, are pulling in. Because obviously the $41 billion that that the mobile game segment is isn't 100% of of purchases so i'm interested to see what how that would break down between uh like microtransactions and and the actual purchase of the game right well and does it also like for instance the angry birds movie which i haven't seen i'll never see and even my kids say is kind of boring you know i actually watched it it was okay not but great that movie deal paid money to rovio yes under the angry birds license does that get counted into this? I don't know. And you're going to see more and more of those things happening. Because where Mario 
um, was the iconic video game character of our childhood. More and more kids nowadays are growing up with mobile games, and it's those characters who are becoming the iconic ones, like the Angry Birds, like... Uh, nothing else is coming to mind right now. But you get, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. I, I'm an old yeah. folky. It shouldn't come to my mind. No, because the dementia. Right. Now, what's also interesting is this article does talk about VR gaming, which is quickly going up there. Um, grew It grew to $2.7 billion this year. Uh, I don't even know if it registered at all last year. And... VR gaming is definitely going to be one of those top-end things where people are just jumping to it. But again, I still see it becoming kind of like PC and console gaming, where it's a, I sit down, I break out the VR headset, I have to invest in some high-end hardware to play it. It's not never going to be as accessible as is just whipping out your phone and playing, you know, two dots or something. Yeah. Especially because a lot of people can't play VR without freaking out. <laughs> That's true. And there are some funny videos of that. Uh, just go to YouTube and check them out. You know, though, I think I think VR is going to be slow to take off. And we've talked about this, but the cost is the entry cost. And considering you're just using a phone with it in a lot of instances. Seems to be prohibitive. Well, Oculus is bringing out games on Windows, but it does require a huge amount of hardware. And in fact, when I was building my PC recently, um, it's now something you can toggle through on video cards. Is this card VR ready? Okay. So they're, they're prepping for it. But even then, it's a software issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I, I find it interesting. The, the VR, and, you know, we've been hearing about VR for, holy crap, how many years have we been hearing about VR? And it's finally, I think it's right on the edge, but I think the cost has got to come down for it to become really widely accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, going back into Mario Run here, Super Mario Run. So four days, four days into its launch, they had already confirmed it had been downloaded 40 million times that's a lot yeah and that's Um, just on ios that's not android users yeah um however it's not looking real great for it long term see it hit number one in the download market but after three days it had already dropped and there's a reason why it doesn't have very good reviews Well, it turns out Nintendo may have misunderstood this whole mobile gaming thing, which, you know, not really surprising considering some of the issues they had with Pokemon Go. Um, Mm. Well, see, I don't think that was Nintendo. I think that was Niantic. Right, but it was also the Pokemon Go company. Sorry, the Pokemon company, which is partially owned by Nintendo. True, that is true. They own like 20% share or something. Since uh, Super Mario Run came out, Nintendo's share prices dropped 15%. Um, And it turns out that even though the game is technically free, if you actually want to play it, you have to pay an an in-app purchase. You have to actually buy something in the game to actually play the game. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not actually free. It's free to download. It's free to launch. 
But the endless runner concept only works if you can actually endlessly run. And you can't unless you make a one-time purchase to like get past a wall or something. Yeah. Oh, that purchase price? Ten bucks. Well, see, I would uninstall that so fast. Well, a lot of people have. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, also, it also requires an always online requirement. See, I don't like those games. Well, they're doing it to keep modders and hackers from getting, like, hacked versions. Yeah, but still, I just, I straight up hate the always online requirements with games. Yeah. Now, even worse is the fact that Nintendo had originally said they'll be releasing DLC for it, which is the first time I've ever heard that term used on a mobile game. I mean, in-app purchases are basically DLC, but yeah. I've never heard them referred to as such. It's kind of interesting. Um, originally, that's, that's interesting, though, because DLC, I mean, it's so common now. Right. Whereas, you know, when we were kids, that's a sequel is what that is. But they're so common now for for consoles and for PCs. It, I guess that's the next logical step is to go mobile with that term. Yeah. Well, the problem is is that originally they had been talking about some additional DLC, so extra costumes, extra power-ups, abilities, you know, normal stuff, stuff that you'd see in mobile games now in general. Yeah. Yeah, Nintendo said that they will never be releasing it now. No DLC for it, ever. So what? it's like, why would anyone play this game? Why Why did they... Did they give a reason for that? What's their mm. logic? Did no is it known? That is nope. just crazy. So it's just crazy. You can download an app that requires you to always be connected to their servers, uh, pay ten dollars to play it, and never ever get an update for it. I don't see that going well. No, you know it. It's kind of like with. Pokemon Go, how they want you to play a certain way. They have they have it in their mind of this is how the game is to be played. And if you don't fit to that style of gameplay, then we don't want you. Is Nintendo doing that as well here? Or are they just being ignorant of how this particular market functions? I think Nintendo's current leadership is actually a little bit gun-shy to the market, which sounds weird because it's freaking Nintendo, right? They practically invented the home entertainment market this way. I mean, I know it was actually Atari, but you know, any kid of the 80s knows Atari and Nintendo. Yeah. And if you were really obscure, you had a Sega Power Deck. You could play Shinobi or Afterburner, and that was about it. But my point is, is that if they don't get high enough ratings and enough money from this, they may straight up cancel the Android launch altogether instead of, you know, fixing the title and pushing it out there. They already did that to the Zelda game. They practically did it to the Wii U after it wasn't getting good enough reviews. So do you the, think the, the Wii U, the entire freaking console? Yeah. Do you think that they would really cancel the Android launch? Because I, I see that as a lot of money being left on the table if they do that. It's not a lot of money left on the table if you consider the fact that 
most people are going to install it, look at it, and not pay the $10. And if there's no in-app purchases or DLC, they're not, it's not a cash cow. That is true. Yeah, I think, well, and there's also the risk that they take if they release it to Android, having their stock drop another 15%. So Right. At least right now, all they're disappointing is Apple users. <laughs> that sounds horrible, but... Who by now should be used to disappointment. Mm-hmm. Oh, shots fired. Hey, let's, uh, let's go into uh, a dark place. Self-driving cars. Oh, I thought you were going to say down one of the tunnels for or one of the sewer pipes on Mario Run. Self-driving cars controlled by BlackBerry. Now, you said that 2016 is the year that BlackBerry killed itself. Does that mean that 2017 it's is going to take to us be with the, it? Yes. <laughs> it's going to be the year that BlackBerry kills everyone else. Well, now, to be fair, BlackBerry has been in cars for longer than people expect. Their system, QNX, is what runs most car consoles. Most car manufacturers, their in uh, dash navigation or entertainment system is built on QNX. Um, Ford Sync 3 uses it. Uh, I know a lot of other, like Pioneer uses it. Um, Toyota, Ford, I already mentioned Ford with their Sync. Uh, but they all use QNX. So the system has been used. And I think that's where BlackBerry is really hoping to make some money back. But by using QNX for self-driving cars, that's not terrifying at all. <laughs> No, it's really not. I I don't know how I feel about this whole self-driving car craze. I don't know that I would trust it, especially at this stage. Yeah. Now, QNX, that was part of Harman International. Right. Yeah, they bought didn't, it like six years ago. Didn't Samsung just buy Harman International? Um, no, they brought uh, Harman specifically their audio. Oh, department. okay, okay. So they just bought like a portion of it then. Right, right. Oh, okay. Now, I don't know. I don't want a self-driving car, but I do want a smart car, and I don't mean like those tiny little four twos or four fours or whatever it is. Those tiny clown cars. I want a car that knows where it is I'm heading based on my calendar knows my driving habits, knows traffic up ahead, weather up ahead. Basically everything that we use our smartphones for right now. Uh-huh. I, I want that. I don't want it to take the control from me. I just want it to take a whole lot of those things off my plate. Yeah. So if Google centers on self-driving cars, fine, whatever. BlackBerry, if you want to make money, just improve your QNX system. Make it Android Auto or Apple CarPlay compatible. Mm-hmm. You know? Make it so I don't have to go and buy another head unit to use those systems. Now, do you have a head unit for your car right now? Um, Not a smart one, no. I use the factory one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I have a Bluetooth adapter that when I get into the car and hit the button, it automatically pairs with my phone and launches Waze and Pandora. Okay. I need something like that. My truck doesn't have that. It's too old. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah. Thanks, Blackberry. <laughs> uh, now, while we're talking, <laughs> stupid Blackberry, just die already. Oh, they are dead, remember? That, that's right, but yet they're still there, like a freaking zombie cockroach. We need, to, we need to clarify here. Blackberry, the phone company, is dead. And so now on, when we say Blackberry, we're not talking about the same company. If you just make that distinction in your mind, it's a little bit easier. I'm, that's going to be hard. Yeah. It'll take some time. Now, while we're talking about self-driving cars, we talked about Uber last week and their battle with San Francisco. Well, we didn't bring it up as such. We we just said that you know they are bringing it out to San Francisco, those self-driving Volvos, and that you can order one. And I thought it was stupid because you were basically paying money to become their test pilot, their crash test dummy. Yeah. Well, but then... California came out and said, no, you need to pay for a license for this. 150 bucks. BlackBerry said no. Not BlackBerry. Or Uber said no, thank you. Now, it, we need to clarify. California said that upon reviewing things, it was made evident that Uber was using passengers as testers of this experimental vehicle. Which, okay... It's San Francisco. It's the tech cradle of the U.S. They have other companies doing that. But it meant that, you're right, they had to pay an additional registration fee to register the vehicles as prototypes or experiments. Yes. Uber didn't pay. They refused to. Which is funny because it's 150 bucks. Come on, y'all. Well, and then it got worse when their automated cars um, were running red lights. And I love this. A spokesperson from Uber admitted they were having, quote unquote, problems negotiating the bike lane. <laughs> That's Which, not something you want to have a problem negotiating. It sounds ominous, right? <laughs> it, it sounds like someone's going to go splat. We couldn't tell if that was a biker or if it was a wild animal attacking us. Either way, the car defended itself. And whatever it was went squished just like grape. Uh, that that PR statement is all at once the best thing ever and the worst thing ever to say. (laughs) Yeah, that's, Um, wow, wow. I I guess another bad one to say would be unplanned and unexpected intersection with pedestrians. (laughs) Oh, yay. Um, so Uber then tried to run a campaign shaming the California DMV. And I'm, I'm saying this slightly out of order because at first it was California's DMV saying, you've got to pay this registration fee. Then Uber coming out and saying, hey, look, San Franciscans or whatever you people call yourselves. Don't you want this awesome tech? Look what the DMV is trying to make us do. You don't want to let the stiffs at the DMV push us around, right? And that's when the footage and the reports of Uber's vehicles running red lights and, I don't know, stalking or following cyclists home or something came out. And the public turned against Uber pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that the public turned against them because I'm sure their drivers turned against them long ago. I swear this is the only time that the DMV has come out on top of a PR battle. 
That's an excellent point. Wow. How crappy do you have to be to lose to the DMV in the court of public opinion? That'd be like that'd be like a Kentucky senator saying, yeah, your insurance sucks so bad I'd rather have Obamacare. <laughs> oh, I thought we were done with politics. Uh, I'm just saying it's that level of yeah of wait what now uh, Uber has said they are committed to bringing this technology back, but in the meantime they're going to try it out in some other markets. Translation: We still don't want to pay the fine, nor do we want to fix the problem. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because I actually drive Uber on the side when I feel like it, not very frequently, but as such, I interact with a lot of Uber drivers and Lyft drivers and they all hate, hate, hate Uber, but they are also all terrified that next year self-driving cars are going to come in and replace them. And these guys that are driving 60 hours a week aren't going to have a job anymore. I don't think we're going to see self-driving Ubers or Lyft cars for probably 10 years. Well, I think a big problem with it is it's like, okay, name a company that's been working on autonomous vehicles. Google. Great. Name another one. Uh, Apparently Uber. Right. Okay. And name a third one, which we just talked about in the last headline. Oh, crap. I don't remember. It's been too long ago. Oh, BlackBerry now. Right, right. Now, of those three, which ones do you think have any experience? Yeah, I, I'm going with Uber, not Uber, with Google. Right. But Google, I'd, get into, I'd get into a Google self-driving car. But still, Google has been doing it for, what, five years now? Right, right. That's the issue here. And I... I not to draw this out any further, but I feel this is worth repeating. Uber is not using Google's self-driving tech. Uber is trying to make its own. Anyone can try and make their own and register it as such, and it will probably kill you. Yeah. I could make my own. It will kill you, but I could make my own and say, hey, look, at, check it out. I'm working on self-driving cars. And you could get millions and millions of dollars in funding for that. Just so long as I get the right permit. Now, it has been suggested, and this is from The Guardian, but it has been suggested that Uber was aggressively trying to avoid permits so they didn't have to actually face a regulatory committee. Usually when these things are put forth, they are um, compelled to report all issues, all accidents, all times when a human operator had to intervene to a federal oversight committee. And that they really just didn't want to do that. I could see that. What do you got to hide, Uber? Stop trying to kill us. Jeez. <laughs> so uh, while we're talking Uber, we've talked about Snapchat and their filters. I hate this. We've we've got the Snapchat filters. We've talked about them. You remember there was the one that made you blackface. Um, the one that made you look like Hong Kong... Yeah, Hong Kong, <laughs> the the Asian one. I mean, Snapchat is not like really solid on coming out with filters that don't just do everything to offend everybody in every sense of the word. And now they've got 
some new filter that only works during your Uber ride. Why? What the? Why? <laughs> what the crap? What in the good hell for? <sighs> Why do you need to document your Uber ride? I loved his car. It was just so clean. Remember this car? Filter time. Yeah. I Look, okay, I take selfies. Not all the time, but when we're at a fun event, my wife and I will take a selfie. When we're on a date, date selfie. When my kids want a picture with me, we take a selfie. Okay, question. Do you do it or does your wife do it? It depends. Okay. Okay. I like having pictures of myself with my wife. Well, I do too, but I just generally don't take them myself. Yeah. If if she hasn't, I, I often will. Okay. You know, but... I can't claim that selfies are horrible and entirely vain and no one should ever take selfies because it's a camera. And what do you have a camera for if not to take pictures? Okay. But Snapchat, why? I still don't understand the entire purpose of the app if not to send discreet dick pics to people who don't want them and have them delete 30, three seconds later. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they've also... With Uber, they've also got technology now where you don't go to a uh, address, you go to a person. And all I can think of, what if that person is on the go? Your Uber driver is going to be getting pinged with a new location every 30 seconds, which is going to make the ride miserable. And then they're going to one-star the driver because he didn't know where he was going. Your destination kept changing. I mean... <laughs> I, I just, what is Uber doing? I, I do not understand this. And I don't think they know. I don't I think, think they do either. They're losing they money hand over fist. Yeah, they, they, they completely ran out of ideas in their business model. And this was the problem. It was never supposed to be a business. Ride sharing was supposed to be a movement. Something that people just did. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to be an empire. Yet they think they've got to build one. Yep. All right. Well, that is our headlines for this week. Let's go into 2016, shall we? We have two different lists here, one from News Cult and one's from Mashable, and they both cover some of the same and a couple of the different ones, and there's some in here that I wouldn't have considered that were really big news, and then there's one in particular that I'm surprised that neither list touches on. So how should we do this? Should we just go through the lists and... Sure, that works. Sure. The first one, of course, is Samsung, the Note 7, which we've already talked about. And it's catastrophic meltdown, sometimes literally. <laughs> now, officially, there is still no smoking gun as to why the batteries kept melting. Unofficially... It's that the batteries weren't given enough room. They would swell slightly. They might take a slight impact. And the plates would touch. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, all in all, it was just a mess. And we don't need to really rehash it for you because, well, we just talked about it. And we've been talking about it for the past few months. Yeah, I'm kind of tired of it. This is, this is one that I'm really quite, quite tired of. Do we think we're going to see any more Galaxy S8 news or Note 8 um, 
because I, I noticed that this was the first week in a while where I didn't get any rumors of the S8 pinging across my, my reader. I did notice that, and I think we're going to start to see more uh, after the new year because they've got to try and stay relevant in the public mind and not just become the company that makes phones that can be used as bombs. Yeah. Um, Apple and the headphone jack. We talked about this a little bit a minute ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you say to that? I think the bigger part of this equation isn't the loss of the headphone jack. It's the fact that the AirPods, uh, which are their wireless headphones, were, which were supposed to come out to alleviate the need for a headphone jack, were launched late, overpriced, not working half the time, and according to a recent teardown from iFixit, are completely unserviceable, completely unrecyclable, completely unrepairable, and not made very well. Yeah, I think I think that it illustrates the fact that Apple has learned over the last 20 or so years, 15 years maybe, that they can nickel and dime their customers for every penny that they have and i think that this is a perfect example of them taking that to the extreme mm-hmm. um mashable has one here that i had forgotten about but they're absolutely right this is one worth noting and it was the san bernardito iphone the battle with encryption yep if you need a reminder um the terrorists the uh the shooters that had an iPhone, it was encrypted. And the FBI wanted access to it. And Apple said, no. And this is one of the times when I actually really, really liked Tim Cook and how he stood up to that and said, no, we won't hand it over because if we hand it over for you, what's there to say you won't request us to do this for every single case you have? Yeah. And the FBI said, we wouldn't do that. You know we wouldn't do that. We're good for that. Well, in the end, the FBI dropped their case against Apple because they found someone else who could bypass the encryption and then proceeded to do so on every single phone, on every case they currently have open. So, good call, Apple. This was especially troubling for me because we've been doing this show long enough and following the news enough that we're all pretty sure that every government agency already has the contents of all of our phones. Yes, and it's probably in, um, where is that, Lehigh? Yeah. <laughs> Lehigh, Utah? Yeah, where the NSA has its center there. So the fact that the FBI was willing to go to such public lengths to shame Apple into doing this was weird to me. Yeah. So, um, in a year of acquisitions where everyone was buying everyone, no one wanted to buy Twitter. Which is interesting. You know, I remember Twitter was the next big thing, and it's it was pretty solid for a while, but we talked about it last week. They're kind of, kind of small. Well, they were talking about Disney. They were talking about, um, let's see, who Google, else? Salesforce. Google, yeah. What was with Salesforce? I never never understood the reason behind that one. I don't know. I'm just wondering how long it's going to take before Trump finally just buys Twitter. Well, he is like their most notorious user at the moment. 
Can I just float this idea without trying to get into a discussion about politics? Do you think his use of Twitter highlighted why no one wanted to buy it? Because it was a powerful communication tool, not just for the people you want to communicate, but for everyone. You know, I I think it probably played into it. I'm not just trying to hate on him or blame it on him, but it probably wasn't the best thing to be out there in the open when they were trying to court buyers. Well, you look too, and it, a lot of a lot of things were highlighted via Twitter this year, uh, in regards to cyberbullying and and things of that nature. I mean, Leslie Jones from SNL got attacked after Ghostbusters came out or something, and. You know, feelings were hurt and Twitter got involved. And I mean, the Internet's, I'm just saying, the internet's full of dicks. And Twitter gives them all equal voices. But if they're not going to be on Twitter, they're going to be somewhere else. Well, the difference is, okay, so let's say that I make a movie and it bombs. And there's an entire subreddit devoted to how horrible this movie is. Well, guess what? If I'm never on Reddit... What do I care? Yeah. However, if it's on Twitter, it gets blasted everywhere, uncontrollably. It's no longer in its place. It's in everyone else's face. I didn't mean to rhyme there, but you get it. And I'm, I don't think it's the best thing. Hey, would you like to buy our company? Check it out. You can write anything and send it across the world. You can make your voice known. Why? One person just wrote an incredibly sexist, racist rant where he threatens a person he doesn't even know. And it's been seen four million times already. Yeah. It's like, oh, I think I'll pass on that deal. Thanks, though. Um, in social media news, Facebook. Facebook and politics, Facebook and quote-unquote fake news. Oh, fake news pisses me off. And not for the reasons it pisses most people off. It pisses us off because we've been trying to get our families to identify fake news for years. And just now having the people who were usually the ones to write the fake news suddenly come out against it really, really drives me insane. Yes. And the more and more this goes on, and the 2016 election, and Pizzagate, and everything else just highlights it more, I think Facebook needs to freaking get out of politics entirely. Which means stop meeting with world leaders, stop going to China, stop developing tools that allow people to censor us. Either that, or we all just need to stop using it. If you oh, can. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, Vine dying is evidently listed as a biggest news story of 2016, which makes me think, I guess news was slow. <laughs> yeah, I had forgotten that Vine, were they bought by Twitter or? Well, they were bought by Twitter a while ago, and Twitter just couldn't make money off of them and decided to shutter them. And I'm sitting there going, Okay. So kind of like every other aspect of Twitter's existence, they don't know how to be successful. Well, and let's not just, you know, rag on Twitter. That's common in the tech world. It, it really is. Google buys up new startups all the time or spins off its own and then has to shutter them when they don't do anything or they become too much of a burden on the rest of the company. Yeah. That's normal. Um, Pokemon Go was 
promised to be the biggest headline of 2016, right up until everyone started dying. Um, hopefully yeah. in an unrelated reason. You know, though, Pokemon Go, I think, and we talked about a little bit of the, uh, a little while ago where Niantic, I really think, uh, they screwed themselves over on this one. So hard. They they really have hurt themselves. My kids still play it. I won't play it. I know you my, don't my play it. My kids play it, yeah. Um, but just the way that, I mean, just the way that they they dictate, they are so concerned about hackers and people playing the game in a manner different than they want the game to be played or that they think the game needs to be played. Uh, they've taken it so far trying to stay one step ahead of these people that they've completely ruined it and taken any fun out, which really is sad because it had so much promise. You know who else wants to force everyone to play by certain rules to make sure that nothing wrong ever happens? Who's that? Satan. Yes. Yes, the devil. I'm just saying, Satan's stock prices have probably fallen too. People don't like that in an open world MMO game or sandbox <laughs> game. He'd make a terrible game developer. Um, That just got weird. One thing that's not in here despite the fact, and I think I know why it's not, even though I think it's one of the biggest headlines of 2016. Look, I don't care who you voted for this year. The truth is, is that we were influenced one way or another by a foreign power using electronic methods, either misinformation, disinformation, electronic hacking, record leaking, things got screwy. And you can say it affected one candidate, or it didn't, or it affected the other candidate, or it didn't. But I think we should all be able to agree that something happened. You know, I find it interesting and quite hilarious, actually, that people are crying about somebody illustrating the fact that somebody else was manipulating the election now whether you're a political cynic and and i get that but the reason i bring this up and the reason i consider this a top headline of 2016 is is because even though we've all known stuff like this probably happens this is the first time it is blatantly obvious that hey guess what we're behind in information warfare it is affecting us yeah. It's yeah. affecting more than our credit scores, people. It's affecting more than our Yahoo login. It actually just affected our elections. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not going to pass judgment. I don't know how much it affected it or in what way. But guess what? The people who did the affecting, I'll bet you they know how much they affected it. I'll bet you they have entire spreadsheets. You know, it's interesting because you look, I mean, and it's not just with the hacking, it's posting comments on news articles. It's, well, yeah, it's the I propaganda mean, war as well. It's, it's everything. And it's interesting because you go and you, you look at, you read a news article and then I generally try and avoid the comments, but occasionally I'll read them and you look at them and you think this is not somebody who has English as a first language. Yet they're trying really hard to pretend that they do. And just little things like that. It's very 
I mean, there there was a lot of electronic influencing taking place in our political system. Now, whether or not the general population chooses to acknowledge that or do anything about it in 2017, I don't know. That's still up for grabs. But I think this was been, this when we look back years in the future, when we look back and wonder when it was we became aware as a culture that information warfare was a thing and that we were losing, this is the year they'll point to it. Yeah, probably. Although it's interesting because I think those in the know will say that this has been happening for a lot longer. Oh, than sure. But just but, 2016. But my point remains that this is where it became general knowledge. Yeah, the general public are finally starting to become aware. When this. when it gets to the point that SNL is making jokes on it, then I consider it general knowledge. Yeah, then it's mainstream, yeah. Yeah. I knew about hacking before it was mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, into our favorites. Um, and before we go into our favorites, hey, if there's anything about 2016 you feel we didn't cover in this little list or we may have forgotten, let us know. We won't be able to get it while there still is a 2016, but we might post it to Facebook. Yeah, true. That's an idea. Um, Okay, so favorites. Mine comes from he, she, how it should have ended. They they give us a Christmas gift. It's Chewbacca singing Silent Night. Watch it to the end, because you also get to see Jabba the Claws, and Han is not happy about that. What's really awesome is that someone went through the effort of captioning the entire video in multiple languages so if you've ever wanted to know what Chewie was saying you can turn on the subtitles and if you want to see what he's saying in Afrikaans you can do that too that's hilarious and it is a great video it is a great video um yeah that was a good favorite you had this week man uh my favorite going back to gaming uh there's a game that came out a few months ago called Reigns on Android, and it's kind of a you build your dynasty. You're a you're a medieval monarch, and you either swipe right or swipe left depending on who you're talking to and what you want to say to them. Really, kind of a simple in concept game, but holy crap, is it hard! And wow, is it addictingly fun! Um, it's on it sale looks right like now. Like medieval, medieval Tinder. It kind of, it kind of feels that way. That was my first thought when I started playing it. But it, it's normally like two ninety nine or three ninety nine. I've been waiting for it to go on sale. It's on sale now, ninety nine cents, and it is well worth the ninety nine cents. In fact, it's well worth it at full price. So if you want a, a fun game to just kill some time with. Be prepared. You're going to get sucked in. It's a time vampire. And I don't know if it's got a got an always online requirement or not. So it may be good for when you don't have internet connection. I don't know. I'll have to check it out. For that long poop. For that long poop in the basement with the bad Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you guys for 2016. You know, we wouldn't do this show if it weren't for our listeners. Um, again, Shout out to everyone who's uh, given us feedback through the year, uh, all of our sponsors, all of our friends. We hope everyone has a great holiday season, no matter what you celebrate. Uh, I think Festivus actually starts here in a few hours. 
Uh, we're recording this uh, Thursday night. Oh, uh, and if we get the airing of grievances, and I got a lot of problems with you people. Uh, you know what? My aluminum pole actually is, is got lost in the move. So, oh, um, feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call 801-917-GEEK. We got the Twitters. We got the Facebooks. Snapchat can suck it. We'll never have that. And until <laughs> next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.